RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Each week, we conspire to bring you a show. Or maybe we're just the pawns of our corporate paymasters, or maybe it's just what we want you to think. It's Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. It is Mission Log Live. I am Ken Ray. Or am I? And I'm pretty sure that I'm John Champion. Or am I? That's right. You followed the siren call to our home on the Internet. And here you found our secret cabal of Star Trek pals. That's us. And that's you. And what we do is talk not just about Star Trek, but the ideas and ideals raised by Trek. Tonight, we have a guest who's not just a Star Trek fan and not just a Mission Log listener. Oh, no, he's much more than that. He's Mike Rothschild, an expert on conspiracy theories, and he's here to help us untangle and demystify some of the most pervasive beliefs that permeate our pop culture. What does that have to do with Star Trek? Well, it's not just about the alien slug living in your brain though we'll cover that too. Now, there's a whole history of Trek in conspiracies and conspiracies about Trek. Stick around. It's sure to get weird. And while you're sticking around, you can also make it weird by being part of the conversation. Click the Zoom meeting link or use the one tap from your smartphone or, you know, call us. I mean, you know, do the thing where you unscrew the thing and do the thing so they can't listen. But then call us. 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Then you enter the meeting code on screen or in the description. Uh, Mission Log Live is here for you. Your questions, your comments. That's what keeps this show going. And that's what keeps the show interesting. Heck, it's why we do it live. So give us a call. And don't forget, however you're finding us, whether you're, you know, catching the live show as it's happening, even as I'm speaking right now, or the recorded show, which sounds a lot like when I was speaking earlier um, or, you know, the audio only thing. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, if you're finding it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever, uh, we do welcome you. We do thank you for being here. We do ask you to do two more things. Please hit like on whatever platform you're on and please hit share because we would love more of our Star, uh, Star Trek pals, excuse me, hanging out with us. Yeah, and speaking of our Star Trek pals, and that is all of you, our friends, it was time to do what we do, which is to say hello. So right at the top of the list, there's uh, Tomas, there's Casey, Casey right away, Cooley, uh, there's Evan, is it, is it Ken, is it John? Yeah, close enough. Hi, guys. There's John Cooley. There's Steve Sheridan. Uh, there's Daniela. Uh, Steve says the stream looks good tonight. Good. I'm very glad to hear that. There's Chris Riker. Uh, there's Carlos. Uh, I guess referring to the idea of a conspiracy like Discovery is going to be canceled any second. Who knows? We might get to that. <laughs> we got uh, Dave Taylor. We got Matthew. Uh, Matthew, by the way, we're going to talk about in our poll coming up just a second. Uh, we've got Paul. Paul saying Ken has another cool shirt. Right there. Wow. That's Paul throwing the comments just thank right you. at you. Thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate that. This is actually an old shirt, but uh, I guess I haven't worn it on the show. And thanks for noticing your check is in the mail. <laughs> there's uh, there's Robert. Uh, there's Matthew. There's James. There's Daniela. There's Donna. Uh, just somebody. Pay. Hey, there's Judy. Judy Leary uh, saying hello. And there's Barry. Just so many of our Trek pals chiming in tonight. Great to see you all. I look forward to the conversation that we're about to have. So uh, so welcome. And Ken, I believe we have a little bit of business before we get to the other business and then bringing on our guest. Well, uh, for you and me, uh, uh, um, what do you call it? Convention season is pretty much over. Uh, it's kind of funny because it's really hard to call it a season. We, we gear up and we gear up and then we go to Comic-Con. Then two weeks later, we go to SCLV and we're like, wow, some season, huh? But the season is not over for everybody. Dragon Con is coming up. It's next weekend, right? It's not this weekend. Uh, correct. Or is yeah. it this weekend? They, oh, no. It's around Labor Day. It's yeah, this yeah, weekend. Labor Day. Yeah, it is this weekend. Wow. That's right. Um, unfortunately, I mean, you can tell RPN isn't going to be huge there because, you know, we're like, well, it's like some time. Um, but I do know that um, Sue Kissenweather from Women at Warp is going to be there. And I don't know. I mean, she's last count. I know it was over 15 panels that she's either going to be leading or be part of. So I would say throw a rock and you'll hit Sue Kissing Weather. But please don't because we like her. and We don't want anybody throwing rocks at her. But she's going to be all over the place. So if you are in the Atlanta area or if you're going to be at Dragon Con, 
uh, seek her out because she's going to be part of some fun stuff. And also, you know, it would be great for somebody to go up and go, hey, I heard about you on Mission Log Live or I listened to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network or, you know, whatever you want to say. Just, you know, find her and say, hey, that's the uh, that's about the only upcoming thing we have, you know, aside from shows. I know um, Trek Files is coming back next week. Is that right, Mr. Champion? Uh, that is Trek Files will come back with the Robert Butler interview from Comic-Con. Uh, funny thing, fun fact about that, Ken, I did not get into the room for that interview. Fun fact about that, I did. I know. And, and it was a fantastic interview. I'm honestly, I was a bit worried because I was part of the people that were making sure that it got recorded. And then Larry was like, hey, can I have that recording? And we're like, yeah. And then just, you know, that's it. <laughs> but I'm glad that everybody is actually going to be able to hear it. Um, yes. yeah, so next week, uh, the track files starts up again. A different kind of show for the track files, because that interview was about 45 minutes. I think that conversation was about 45 minutes longer than a normal track files. But I just it was just a joy to be in that room, honestly. Cool. And the stuff that he had to say was great. And so I'm glad uh, that you guys are actually going to be bringing that out to everybody else. Excellent. Uh, that's good. By the way, uh, before we jump to the poll, uh, some conspiracies coming in right now. Uh, uh, John Cooley asked, how many times has Alex been fired this week? And then uh, Barry Rice chiming in. I heard from John Champion that John Cooley is being canceled. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Oh, oh, and then Chris, Chris Riker says, Ken is canceling Ray. No, so. no, no. Ray holds all the power. Ray holds all of the power. So... <laughs> I, I, I can't cancel that guy for right anything. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, we do have a poll question for this week, and uh, we kind of had one for last week, and that no, we didn't. Uh, last week, our poll question was, so why didn't you come up with a poll question? Uh, it turns out a lot of people don't think it's up to them. 57% of people said it was not their job. 43% said that they were busy. So you 43%. You really should have been on the side with the 57%. But hey, thank you very much for, for having our backs or at least, you know, pretending like you might have. We have a real poll question this week, though, John. Yes, we do. And it's courtesy of our friend Matthew Corey. Now, you remember Matthew. He wrote the original story for True Q, the episode that became True Q. And we did an interview with him uh, right at the end of our discussion of Next Gen. So you can go back and find that in a supplemental show. Now, uh, Matthew... Uh, have pointed out that uh, actually covered on daily Star Trek news right here on the Roddenberry podcast network that of course, Worf Worf is in the news because there's all this Star Trek happening. And uh, Michael Dorn said, Hey, you know, I, I had this idea for a Worf story for a Worf series. So the question to you, a Worf series, make it so or belay that order. The make it so's have it at 71%, belay that order at 29%. I even use Matthew's suggestion, the, the shot in, um, oh, uh, hide and cue of, uh, Worf being stabbed with a bayonet on that, uh, that green skied planet. So, yeah, well, uh, the, yeah, that's what the belay that order you mean. Yeah, that's what belay so, that order, not make obviously. it so. Yeah. yeah. Make it so we just have Worf drinking tea. Well, sure. Yeah, good that. tea. Nice house. I know what you're doing. He's yeah. sitting with the Uxbridges at with that point. With the Uxbridges, yeah. yeah. Can uh, I just say, the first time I heard about this, uh, which was Jiminy Christmas, like 17 years ago now, it feels like. <laughs> it wasn't really that long. But the first time I heard about this, I thought, that would be awesome. And then every time you hear about it more, you're like, no, nah, this isn't going to work. And then, uh, and then they come out with the Picard show. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Let's do a Wharf show. Why not? So I'm not trying to sway the poll. Um, but you know, if you can make a if you make a show about a seventy year old starship captain, surely you can make one about a fifty year old, you know, uh, Klingon, or however old he would be in in the timeline at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. They're right. they're they're a vigorous people. Uh, hey, let's move on and meet our guests. So tonight we are really happy to welcome, as I mentioned before, a Star Trek fan, a listener to Mission Log, and uh, we struck up this conversation online. It was like, oh wait. I've read your work before, <laughs> so let's have you on and chat. Just be a sort of a, a, a mutual admiration society here. Mike Rothschild. Now, you can find him at themikerothschild.com and on Twitter at RothschildMD. No, he's not a medical doctor. I don't think so, but we'll find out. You can also no, find no. his... No, no, no. <laughs> No, you also find his writing at the daily dot and on skeptoid.com. And guess what? He's got a book coming up, uh, in October called the world's worst conspiracies. So let us welcome our guest, 
Mr. Mike Rothschild. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Excellent. Well, welcome to the show. And, uh, you know, I I know that we're going to get deeply into this because when you and I started talking, we were um, we were talking about the idea of how Star Trek is cited in conspiracy theories. Yes. But now we're kind of in this world where there are conspiracies about Star Trek and about (laughs) production of say just all all this stuff. Um, And I guess that really my first question was was to have you help explain why people believe weird. And and that's I don't want to use pejorative uh, out of the gate here, but why people believe conspiracies. Um, But I guess I also want to ask before you get into that, is it getting worse I feel like, at least because of the world that I'm in, uh, on the internet and, and uh, trying to get information about Star Trek, uh, for my job, I, I just feel like there's so much more exposure to ideas that don't have much substance behind them. Right. Well, to answer your second question, let me see if I can do some math here. Uh, I don't think that it is necessarily getting worse. We've always had conspiracy theories. Um, American culture is built on conspiracy theories. You had conspiracy theories about slave revolts. You had conspiracy theories about, um, you know, debauchery in the Catholic church. You had, you know, conspiracy theories about every conceivable subject. The problem with those conspiracy theories, not a problem, but, what, what those conspiracies had was a very small audience. They, were, they weren't mainstream. Sometimes they came out in popular books, but those were much more tied into political fads. They were, conspiracy theories were the domain of street corner shouting and self-published pamphlets and VCR tapes that you'd buy at a gun show, all about the black helicopters and the, the federal jackboots who were going to kick down your door and uh, the, you know, the federal reserve being an illegal fiat scheme from 1913 where it has gotten worse is the mainstreaming of conspiracy theories and the availability of conspiracy theories. Um, Conspiracy theories are not partisan. Everybody believes in something that's not in evidence, but we, we do have people in positions of power who are uh, prolific conspiracy theorists. And I think it's given us as a culture kind of a green light to believe whatever we want to believe. And that extends to medical stuff, that extends to history, that extends to food, that extends to pop culture. So whereas in the the, the old days, it was a very limited audience. Now it's sort of everybody who thinks something weird about everything. Can you point to a place where that mainstreaming began? Because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, that was maybe the X-Files when it was sort of like, you know, when is a top 10 show or a top five show? And then I go, well, okay. And about the same time, though, you had Art Bell on the radio. And then all of a sudden I go back to, well, in 1972, uh, a sitting president orchestrated a cover up of a break in of an opponent. I mean, I mean, as I go further back, it's sort of like. Because that's a real conspiracy. It's right. not a conspiracy theory. That's not right. a the earth's flat. We never went to right. the moon, but that's actually right. a thing that happened right. that suddenly makes hiding area 51 not seem like this right. not seem like the dumbest thing you ever heard. Right. When you have a, a president who is sitting in the Oval Office plotting to cover up the break-in that his people orchestrated or you know, plotting to kill the columnist Jack Anderson with an LSD dose. Suddenly, this stuff doesn't seem so weird. And people, you know, people saw their, their government lying to them and their government doing things that were not okay. And so some people responded with art. You know, you had the wave of, of you know, 70s conspiracy movies. And some people responded by sort of digging deeper and deeper. And you really had in the 80s and then into the early 90s, you started to have that fear of the new world order, the real fear of the government really coming after you. And then um, after Oklahoma City, you had Art Bell take his show from being really hardcore right-wing anti-government stuff to just general sort of open lines, I saw UFO craziness. 
And that, that got really popular because everybody could get into that. Everybody had a weird thing that happened to them or a story they couldn't explain. And Art Bell had these really interesting stories that his, that his callers told and that his guests told. And then you had the X-Files and then you had the, the beginnings of, of something like, something like Alex Jones. And you had, you know, the, this self-published media empire that started to rise up and you had the internet. And the, some of the first people who adopted the internet were conspiracy theorists who had Usenet forums and message boards where they would pump out the craziest stuff, but it was for them. Nobody else was seeing it. This, this was years away from being, from being mainstream. Interesting. Hey, uh, two things real quick. We're going to, we're going to jump to our caller. And while we're talking to Rhea, uh, if I could just ask you, Mike, uh, one of our listeners pointed out, we have a little lower third that runs over your image. If you have the ability to tilt your camera down just a little bit, we're not covering your face as we talk. Perfect. There he is. All right. Now let's say hi to uh, a friend and a frequent caller of the show who we actually got to meet in person in Vegas. It's Rhea. Rhea, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Can you hear me okay? We can. We absolutely can. can. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good to see you. Yeah, likewise. It, it was definitely fun to hang out for a bit in Vegas. Yes, it was wonderful to meet you guys in person. You're actually real. I was very happy about that. Uh, <laughs> well, we're physically present. I mean, <laughs> mentally, you know. Yeah, yeah. right. Right. What's up? What's happening tonight? I actually don't have to work, so I got to call in. Yay. And tomorrow's my birthday, so I don't have to go to bed early because I'm taking tomorrow off work, so double yay. Happy birthday. So we're getting my birthday party started now. Well, thank you. (laughs) Right on. So, So I got back from Vegas and found out actually from my boss that there's a local broadcast channel here that shows every single, every night, six nights a week, it'll show an hour of original series, an hour of next gen, an hour of deep space nine, an hour of Voyager and an hour of enterprise. It's pretty awesome. So the next gen episode that just finished right before this live show started was the one. um, Oh gosh, I can't think of the title. Imagine that um, where uh, Beverly Crusher gets caught in the warp bubble and her whole universe disappearing. So it kind of, as I was watching it, um, you know, she's the only one that claims that all these people exist and, and Captain Picard gives her quite a bit of leeway before he finally um, says, okay, enough's enough, Beverly. It's just the two of us on this ship. Um, but anyway, you talk about a, someone like something that could drive you into a conspiracy theory mindset. I mean, imagine if uh, you ended up in a warp bubble and I don't know. I just thought it was kind of, Kind there's, of fitting timing. <laughs> there's an interesting line in that uh, episode, and it's the one that everybody will say, you know, back. If you say the first half of the line, everybody will say the second half with you. If there's nothing wrong with me, there, there must, must be, be something, something wrong with the universe. Something wrong with the universe. Well done. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, is that I, – I, I, I don't want to get into the whole psychoanalysis part of it, but, I mean, is that part of – is that part of why people believe the things that they believe? Not so much because, you know, they're hearing other people say it, but because they're the only one who really understands. Yes, there is a, there's a couple facets with that. One of the, one of the biggest reasons that people believe conspiracies, and I didn't get to the, the, I guess the first part of John's question was that conspiracy theories explain the unexplainable and they bring order to the chaotic. So whether that is, we don't, JFK can't have been killed that way. It must have been something else. Or there's all this weird stuff happening and nobody believes me, but I know I'm right. And that's where mm-hmm. we start to order our brains around conspiracy theories. Now, there's another facet of conspiracy theories that revolves around secret knowledge. Um, I know something that other people don't. And whereas a lot of people will, will keep that to themselves, a lot of the conspiracy theory movement is about waking people up and sharing that secret knowledge, um, sometimes in rather vocal and insulting ways. But it, it's very much part of the conspiracy theory mindset that I'm the one who knows everything. I'm right. I know what I saw. I'm not a liar. Everybody else who doubts me, they're lying. They, they don't understand. Or if, it, if you get really deep into it, they're being paid off. 
they're working together, they're in a cabal. I mean, and, and it can get, if you let it fester, it, it can get really bad. There's a little bit of paranoia involved with that, I would totally. say. Totally. But the human perceptual system is wired to see patterns. When you think about what we see, what we hear, it's just, you know, electromagnetic waves. It's variations in, you know, the pressure of the molecules of the air or whatever. Um, so, I mean, everything that we see, like I'm looking at a commercial on Deep Space Nine right now, and my brain's creating a three-dimensional construct from a two-dimensional image that's basically just electromagnetic waves going, into blah, 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 whatever. So we're wired to see patterns. Mm -hmm. And so when you see, um, you know, things happening in the world and it's, you know, it's definitely got to be a conspiracy. I mean, the, the changelings have already come to earth and they've already yeah. infiltrated every government, you know, <laughs> and yeah, then it's, if you're, yeah, yeah if you're going to disagree with me. It's because you've already been compromised. Right. Mike. Right. That's who you really are. Yes. <laughs> I love the way you said that. Uh, anything else on your mind tonight, Ria? Nothing of value. Oh. Just wanted to say hi. Good to see you guys. It's wonderful to see you and happy birthday. And yeah. it really was just it was fantastic to see you in Vegas. And I hope I hope we get to again. It was fantastic to see you guys, and I look forward to seeing you guys again. Excellent. Take and care. Sunday. Yes. You too. Yes. Take care, Ria. Have a great night. Bye. Thank you. Uh, Bye. Bye, Mike. Bye. 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. Or if you're on the Facebook page, uh, follow the instructions on the Facebook page. There's a link and then there's a meeting code. And then there's Earl. And doesn't that make it worth it? I mean, and then there's Earl, and, you know, and then there's us and then there's Mike. Um, hey, uh, Chris Riker in the uh, chat, he, he said he sort of, uh, I think, reflecting on something that you and Rio were just talking about, Mike, said, isn't it easier to accept a villain rather than trying to cope with gray issues in real life? I mean, 100 percent. Yeah. I, and I think maybe this is unholy combination of uh, you blend that with paranoia. You blend that with things not making sense, not fitting the pattern uh, that we've sort of applied to our understanding of the world around us. And this becomes the breeding ground for conspiratorial thinking. Um, I, I'm sure that this is only the tip of the iceberg. I wonder if there are other reasons that you notice or other reasons that are typical of what would drive somebody in that direction as opposed to a different one. Yeah, we, we don't want to believe that the universe is cold and indifferent and that so many of the things that happen to us are either byproducts of not so great choices we've made or just the random chance of, of a very large universe where almost anything can happen. We want to believe that there is a plot arrayed against us. We want to believe that we are being kept down by enemies that are more powerful than we are. And, and that the, our, you know, we got sick for a reason because we got poisoned or we didn't get the job because somebody used something we said against us. You know, we, it, it's so much easier to believe that we're victims than that, than at the power of random chance. I like sound of that. Um, now, let's go into Star Trek a little bit here. Uh, and it's very interesting. I just noticed that on Twitter, uh, somebody who said, hey, I never thought about the intersection of conspiracy and Star Trek. Uh, that was tweeted by Brian Dunning. Uh, ah. <laughs> somebody. Hi, Brian. Yeah, somebody that you know. Yeah. So uh, Brian Dunning, of course, started the uh, Skeptoid podcast. So yeah. let, let's fill him in and let's fill in the rest of our audience who are listening of, of why we're having this conversation. So uh, I, I love what Rhea pointed out, just kind of the psychological aspect of what Beverly's going through in that episode. Of course, you have a Star Trek Next Gen episode called Conspiracy. <laughs> um, and, and we can talk about that. But uh, before we even go down that path, I want you to illuminate for us a little bit about Star Trek's role in conspiracy theories. I mean, uh, other people who are conspiracy followers, conspiracy believers who have co-opted pieces of Star Trek to explain their views. Yeah, um, there's been a lot of cribbing of the kind of the, the, the parts of Star Trek for a lot of different conspiracy theories. 
you know, the, the idea of the reptilians that started becoming popular and I guess the mid nineties, I can't quite remember, but that's a big hodgepodge of, of sci-fi tropes and, and Robert E. Howard novels and the Gorn, you know, the, the <laughs> description of the reptilian is literally a Gorn. Nice. Um, you have the uh, pro- project blue beam, the big conspiracy theory in the seventies that was cooked up by this guy named, I think his name was Serge Monas. I'm sure I'm butchering that. But it was this huge conspiracy theory that the governments of the world were going to unite in broadcasting a fake alien invasion and that they would, um, they would project all these, these spaceships in the sky and there'd be all this media messaging. And a lot of it was cribbed from Star Trek. A lot of it was cribbed from the God thing. You get a lot of, a lot of really deep uh, conspiracy stuff with a lot of prosperity scams, things like Nasara, where you have um, things like a galactic confederation and all these different warring alien races and and like 10,000 years of conflict. It's all going to be solved on Earth by a few awoke believers. So there's a lot, there's a lot of pulling from, from all different aspects of Star Trek to inform all of this stuff. Uh, I'll take that a step further because this was a new one to me uh, that Gene Roddenberry himself had been uh, given special knowledge by or visited by aliens. And then therefore that influenced what ended up on screen in Star Trek because no human, no human on his own could come up with uh, the idea of a wireless communications device right. or, uh, or a laser gun, right. uh, name it a phaser. Um, so the, then that had to be not just the aliens introducing these futuristic technologies, uh, to the TV show, but but introducing those ideas to a wide audience who then would be able to better accept the idea of either a, a benevolent or an unfriendly alien force visiting our planet. Yeah, you, you get a lot of that in the conspiracy theory world. There's actually a term for it. It's called predictive programming, where the, the Hollywood cabal will seed their evil entertainments with messages meant to either prepare us for what's to come or make us docile and easy to conquer. So you had a lot of 9-11 stuff based around the Simpsons. Like there were still frames of the Simpsons that show, you know, the Simpsons episode that came out in 1995 that showed the burning twin towers. Or if you, you know, Bart pointed his hands at two directions and it was like nine and 11 I mean, the, the thing with all of that is that it's shotgun. It's the cold reading technique of throwing out a million things. And then if a couple of them sort of hit, well, hey, you predicted it. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three is the phone number to call. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three, Or you can use the one top from your smartphone. Or uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, follow the instructions there and then you'll be on with us. Um, I kind of want to ask about conspiracies in Star Trek. I kind of want to ask whether or not you can actually still enjoy. Let me ask you a question. Uh, John, forgive me. Do you want to do you want to do the thing that we do at the bottom of the hour or do we keep uh, it? I, I tell you, I wish I'd go ahead and pose the question. We'll do the thing. We'll come back. All right. I, I don't know which one to pose first, but since we were on Star Trek, let's stay with Star Trek. I'm curious what some of your favorite conspiracies in Star Trek are. So putting yourself in the Star Trek universe, sure. like what are the ones you're like, oh, that's fun. And that one's crap. And then, and then I have other questions after that. But first, uh, Mr. Champion does have a uh, does have a message to uh, to impart. Yeah. So if you're in the Facebook chat right now, which you are, uh, you can say hi to Scott Palm. I just saw him uh, say hi. I, I also just saw him uh, wish a happy birthday to Rhea. So everybody say hi to Scott. Scott is a great guy. He's a great friend of ours, and he is a friend of our other friend, Chase Masterson, she who created the Pop Culture Hero Coalition. Well, there is a part of that that is the heroic curriculum. Scott has created the heroic curriculum, and that is an educational system with two goals. The first of which is to teach children with serious physical disabilities the important values of resilience, having a healthy identity, breaking barriers, and other crucial mental health and life skills. The other part of that curriculum is about teaching the peers of those children with disabilities, values like inclusion, ending marginalization, and being an ally. 
Well, here we are recording this show toward the end of August. September is right around the corner, and then it's October. October is Bullying Prevention Month and Cerebral Palsy Month. So what a perfect opportunity to help us reach our first goal. And we are so close. We are just about $1,600 shy of that goal so that Scott's program can start and run for a full six months. So something amazing happened when we were at STLV. The women at Warp, as I mentioned before, sold pens uh, for a suggested donation of $5. They raised 500 bucks. And then the very next week, somebody, uh, Bruce, he was a donor on the website, went in and uh, put down 250 bucks. So what does this mean? Well, the Roddenberry Foundation actually doubles every donation. So that 500 became a thousand. That 250 became 500. Now, this is great work and it is not the easiest work to do because of Scott's cerebral palsy. So that is why the Roddenberry Foundation is joining with you to help Scott help the world. Here's what you do. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash mission log pod. You can also go to Twitter, twitter.com slash mission log pod. At the top of each page, you will see a link to the fundraiser. Every dollar that you give will be matched by the Roddenberry Foundation. You don't have to give 500. You don't have to give 250, though we'd love it if you did. $5 becomes $10. 10 becomes 20 You will be contributing to something that truly embraces the values of Star Trek put into action. And remember, the Roddenberry Foundation doubles your donation. So that link again, facebook.com slash mission log pod, twitter.com slash mission log pod. Look for the toast, look for the post at the top of the page, make a donation and look, even if you can't, I understand all I ask you to do, share that post, send it to all your friends. We will all appreciate it. And you might be helping make the world a better place. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three is the phone number to call. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three, or you can use the one tap from your smartphone, or if you're you know on a traditional computer, follow the information there. If you're watching us on Facebook, even as it happens, then really quickly uh, for people who are just subscribed to the uh, to the to the uh, audio version, uh, we do this every Tuesday night, so we'd love to have you join us. Uh, maybe Facebook isn't your thing. I think we're on YouTube as well. If we're not right now, we will be again soon. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the yes from Earl. So we are on YouTube as well. So youtube.com slash Roddenberry prod or facebook.com slash mission log pod. Either place. We'd love to have you join us live. Uh, but again, thank you for downloading it as you have. Um, Mike, I, I feel like I'm asking these questions in reverse, but since we were on Star Trek, let's stay on Star Trek. Is there a conspiracy that happens in the Star Trek universe that you're like, oh, that one's interesting or, oh, that one's fun or, <laughs> you know, is there is there something in that universe that you see that and you're like, oh, saw that coming or, oh, didn't see that coming, but you know, sort of fits the same bill? The the one that I've been thinking about is it's in DS9. It's actually in season three, and I don't think you guys have gotten there in the podcast yet. It's the two-part episode with the hidden Cardassian and Romulan fleets where they, they put this, this whole conspiracy together and, it, and, it's, and it's really well done. It's really well done as a mystery. And of course, it's introduced in Defiant where there's this, you know, Thomas Riker knows about this thing and he can't convince Kira that it's real. She's berating him for not being a very good terrorist, but she's missing this bigger thing. She's not trusting that he actually does know something. And of course, what he knows about is this huge hidden fleet that's conspiring to wipe out the founders. And there, you know, all of this stuff happens, and the fleet ends up getting to the founders' planet, and, and Garrick is there, and Bashir is there, and of course, it turns out to have been a trap. So what I what I think is really well done about that is that it it, it sets the conspiracy up, and it starts to make you think like, oh, there's really something going on here, and somebody has actually figured it out. This really is the sort of the lone researcher diligently putting these pieces together and figuring something out. And like, no, you've all just been puppets this whole time. You know, we planned it all out. We had our own conspiracy and you, you fell for it. So I think that's really well done. Now I know you enjoy Star Trek and this is why I feel like maybe I'm asking these questions in in reverse order. You enjoy Star Trek. Do you enjoy conspiracy fiction? I mean, like, I love National Treasure. Mm-hmm. I don't feel great about loving National Treasure, but I love National Treasure. And 
and X-Files was appointment viewing for me back yeah. in the day. Um, and then, then it all seems to have gotten weird. Like now it's about <laughs> vaccines and maybe we didn't go to the moon and, you know, all kinds of things now that it suddenly seems like, you know, this thing that was really fun to me is a lot less fun than it used to be. Do you, I mean, do, you do you still enjoy conspiracy fiction or is it like, oh, no, just give me, I'm looking for a Mike Hammer. I'm looking for like, you know, <laughs> more like the Maltese Falcon, maybe where like two guys might be conspiring to hide a thing. And that's about as far as it goes. Oh, I love conspiracy fiction. I love, uh, you know, I love those seventies conspiracy thrillers. They're, they're so well made. They're so interesting. The, you know, the acting's always so good and the stories are always so interesting. And even if you don't know anything about this or, or you just want to have a good time and, and turn your brain off for two hours, you can do that. The, the story pushes you along and it, and it, it, dre- you know, it brings you in, but you don't, you don't need to, Go, you don't need to get all paranoid to enjoy it. You can just enjoy it as a good story. I think the problem with a lot of the more modern conspiracy fiction is it is it is entirely about sort of pointing the finger at somebody and then sort of pushing an agenda. You, know, you get these sort of hideously complicated Dan Brown novels and these you know these these Tom Clancy techno thrillers where there's a there's a new faction plotting against another new faction and and it's hard to really enjoy it. As a good story. Yeah, I love a, a good classic conspiracy paranoia film. Oh, yeah, love that. I'm curious because you've named the 70s ones a couple of times. Can you, can you throw one out? Because I'm, I'm, the two that I'm thinking of are Three Days of the Condor and The Conversation, which is not oh, exactly. The, yeah. Con- yeah, the conversation not exactly conspiracy, but it's, it's got all the hallmarks. Are there, are there others that you're like, yeah, if you want to. If you want to start down this dark, lonely, sad road <laughs> with you in a corner, uh, here's a movie. Oh yeah, Parallax View is is terrific. Um, I'm I'm also a big fan of the dystopias because I think the conspiracies and the dystopias kind of go hand in hand. So I'm I'm a big fan of all you know the the Logan's Run and Soylent Green and the first couple Planet of the Apes movies. So that that sort of Everything is horrible or everybody is plotting against us. I, l- I love all that stuff. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Or use the one tap from your smartphone or uh, you know dial us up to Facebook. No dial included on the Facebook one, but you get the idea. Ken, I, I'm going to challenge you and Mike and our audience to, to help me find a movie. All right. And, and here's the thing. So you just named off some great conspiracy theory movies and, and there are TV shows. Obviously we're talking about Star Trek that weave in conspiracies, right? One of the things that drives me a little bit insane about popular fiction is that you, you take, uh, uh, you take an idea like conspiracy, which is very hard in real life to prove because most of them are, are vaporware. Most of them are, are just people doing this mental exercise, right? Uh, but you, you take something like that or you take, let's say, uh, movies about the paranormal, you know, ghosts or, or whatever. And even if you start out that movie or a TV show with the premise that you have uh, critical thinking, skeptically minded people who are trying to do a legitimate investigation into something and kind of carrying the audience along all the time uh, to say, hey, look, we're actually doing the work here. We, we don't just believe this wholesale, but because it's a movie, because it's a TV show, the ghost movie, the demon movie, the conspiracy movie, whatever, has to end with that thing being real. Mm-hmm. So Three Days of the Condor, whatever you mentioned, uh, the, the Clancy novels, whatever. Parallax View, yeah. Parallax View, yeah. yeah they, they, Jackal is another one, yeah. Right. So if the episode Conspiracy in Next Gen doesn't end with Remick getting his head blown off to reveal the little aliens we didn't just get a conspiracy story. Otherwise, see, in my head, I'm like, boy, what I'd really love to see is they figure out that uh, actually there wasn't a conspiracy. It was just some people who made bad decisions and now need to be reprimanded or removed from their jobs. <laughs> you know? um, so I, I can't think of, uh, I can't think necessarily of movies or TV shows that take you on that journey. That, that actually say, here's how you think about something critically. And when there's all this noise, all, all these claims being made, assumptions being made, uh, here's how we can actually think our way through it. 
Yeah, it, it's hard with, with a piece of popular entertainment because you always want to justify the fact that somebody paid for it and yeah. spent a lot of money on it. So it, it, it's, it's hard to pitch a movie where at the end, the, the protagonist goes, oh, I guess I was wrong. You know, it's it. You find it because you find it all the time in the actual conspiracy theory world, where you have people who think this thing is is a conspiracy, but there's actually really good reasons for why those things are. But in a movie or TV show, you you kind of you need that payoff. You need the, the exploding head. It, you you know, conspiracy couldn't just end with the Starfleet admiral going, "Yeah, we moved those ships over here because there was an anomaly," and we <laughs> find that officer because he wasn't very good at his job and. And um, and you were listening to some people who weren't giving you good advice. And Picard to go, okay, I cool. <laughs> Actually, it's funny as we were talking. Uh, Carlos here in the chat says Star Trek Six, and, and yes. here's the thing, I, I'll, I'll give that one a pass. It's a different conspiracy. Right. They go on the wrong path first, but right. they figure out what's actually going on. What's going on is a conspiracy. Right. But it's not what they thought. Right. I, I love that movie. That that yeah. has a great example of critical thinking in it. Yeah, and it's a great example of of, a, of an actual conspiracy. And I think where people sometimes get hung up is, you know, they'll challenge it. Well, can you? you know, well, what about the conspiracy to hide? Uh, you know, that smoking is bad. That's a conspiracy theory. That's real. No, that's just a conspiracy. There yeah. are all the time. There are conspiracies. There was a conspiracy to kill Julius Caesar. There was a conspiracy to kill not just Abraham Lincoln, but Andrew Johnson and uh, Seward, the Secretary of State. You know, the conspiracies are totally real and completely a part of life. And you're not crazy for thinking that there are a lot of them because powerful people hiding, you know, working together to hide something from us or do something bad. That's all of history. Oh, uh, by the way, Robert chiming in here saying the TNG episode, The Defector, ends with a conspiracy not being true. Right. I don't know if you remember that one, The Defector. That's the episode with The Defector. Yeah. 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 Starring Mr. Madeline Kahn from TV. Yes. James (laughs) Sloyan. Yes. Steve John's doing a joke because I said, what was that one? You know, the one that had The Defector in it. Uh huh. And he let yeah. me go for about 20 seconds, uh, mm-hmm. wondering that. It looks to me like we have a, we have a caller on the line, John, but I can't make out the name. We do. We have Craig. Craig, who has been holding patiently. How are you doing tonight, Craig? Good evening, Dylan, and happy birthday, Rhea. It's, uh, I saw you at the convention also. We hung out. It was great. Um, now, I was starting a conspiracy uh, based on a true story. Oh, no. My grandfather was a truck was a truck driver in the fifties and sixties, and he told me that a UFO had come over and picked his truck up off the freeway and put a highway and put him on the side into the desert. There were no tracks anyway, so I had called Art Bell because you were talking about Art Bell earlier, and uh, I was telling him about a story. It was in this really engaging story, and then I hung up. I called about a month later saying the exact same story. He remembered me. And then I told him that I experienced this UFO that came over and I tied it into waking up on the side of the road. So uh, that was my <laughs> contribution to a conspiracy theory. So I'm sorry. You're, you're telling me that you just called in and trolled Art Pell. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was, tw- yeah, this is 25 years ago. Yeah. This was wow. a while ago. My, my hat is off to you. That is wow. Well done. But well, your uncle did tell this story, or your your father told this story. No, my grand my grandfather. grandfather. And the way he told me, it it seemed like it was real. Yeah, it, he was a truck driver, an award winning okay. truck driver. In fact, okay. it was a safety. Okay. Did he? Wow. Uh, amphetamines to stay awake. I mean, is that? <laughs> is these well, I'm sure. I mean, that's <laughs> possible. That's uh, hey. All I know is I listened to his story, and it just seemed. Uh, real to me so sure. you know i'm a thespian and i like to be creative so i saw the art bell my friend was saying oh all this is real and i was saying hey this is how it can't be real i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna show you that it's not everything you hear on this is true is my way to make a point to my friend is what i was doing i i love this and in fact scott just chimed in and said uh did you call cbs and sell the story mm. because maybe that's the next step you know <laughs> well done, man. Uh, anything else on your mind? Have a great evening. 
All right, take care, man. No, just a wonderful show. I love it. And uh, live long and prosper. LLNP, my friend. Thank you. 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Or you can use the one tap from your smartphone or, or, or come in the Facebook way. Um, so here, so here's where this all starts to get weird to me. And, and you, only you now. Well, no, well, no, because everything that we've talked about to this point, you can just you can sort of say, right? You can explain. Yeah, that 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 makes perfect sense. Um, I'm thinking about just weird stuff happens now. Things that used to be beyond the pale. We talked about stuff that was going on in 1972, and that was a long time ago. And most of us thought that we were kind of beyond those kinds of things. We have leaders now who are peddling conspiracy theory. Yes. What's like? What do you do today? And, and, and forgive me, I'll back up to one other thing really quickly. Right after uh, the election in 2016, when Mark Zuckerberg said, it is ridiculous to think that a few Facebook ads might have had anything to do with the election. Why did he think people were paying him for Facebook ads? I mean, right. you, you've got people coming out and saying, because we've been told for years, if, if you think aliens are running everything, you're an idiot. That's a conspiracy theory. And if you think the earth is flat, you're an idiot. That's a conspiracy theory. And if you think a few ads on Facebook can actually sway the world, you're an idiot. That's a conspiracy theory. I mean, it almost feels like it almost feels like having been told for so long that the things that were fun to think about are completely ridiculous. But that's now a thing you can just automatically say to shut somebody down. Like now I'm going to be afraid of being branded a lunatic because of something that it turns out, yeah, could easily be true. Right. And, and you know, aliens not included. <laughs> yeah. We, we are very susceptible to, to believing what we're told. And, you know, some people are very good at filtering out a lot of that stuff. And some people are not good at filtering out that stuff. And what we've, what I've found at least in the last few years is that, there's a real digital literacy problem. And the, the generation that is getting sucked into conspiracy theories the most is not teenagers or 20-somethings because they know their way around this stuff. It's boomers. You, we're finding more and more that the, the people who are sharing Facebook stories about any, any sort of conspiracy theory are more likely to be baby boomers than almost any other generation. Because these these are people who did not grow up with the internet, and they didn't grow up with that skeptical filter on stuff that they read from the news media. It's a lot of people still live in that world where if you read it, it's true, and if it's not true, then it's then it's marked as fiction. It's a fictional book or a fictional movie. It's very hard to sort through these stories that are that look authoritative that that seem like they know what they're talking about and figure out whether or not they're true and so you have making a lot of, yeah you have a lot of people who don't don't have digital literacy and don't have people in their lives telling them that that's not true you know research that more don't share everything that you see don't mindlessly retweet stuff so it's it's unfortunate that this older cohort has gotten so sucked into this well, you make an interesting point because, I mean, when a lot of the boomers were, uh, you know, in their prime, certainly younger than I am now, um, there were three sources of news. Right. I mean, and newspapers, but I mean, there were three right. sources of news. And the newspaper you know, had been in town for 100 years and you knew right. you could trust it. And then, yeah. you know, and then came cable and then suddenly there were five sources of news and then seven. And then suddenly news is opinion. And that is a good-looking website, so it it must be uh, it must be so. Yeah. yeah, news is now infotainment, and it's presented with lots of graphics and a you know, nice-looking guy in a suit who's kind of shouting something at you that no kind of makes sense with the way that you believe things. And I'll I'll watch a little more of that. Or I'll, I'll read that article, and then you know within months, your entire Facebook feed is all is all conspiracy stuff. Your YouTube algorithm has sunk its hooks into you and is just churning out video after video after video after video on autoplay. Each one's just a little weirder and a little darker. And soon you have radicalized yourself. And it, 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 people don't sit down and decide to believe in these insane conspiracy theories like Pizzagate or stuff like that. 
it just happens because the, the gates are not closed and, and the bad stuff gets in. All right. So it's worse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Hey, uh, really quickly, because we're uh, we're at this one time where we do this one other thing before we get back to the rest of this stuff. I want to remind people about everything else that's available on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Um, you know, we talked earlier about Women at Warp, uh, how Sue is actually going to be a Dragon Con. Heck, that's just one of the other shows on there. There's Mission Log, there's Mission Log Live. Uh, Priority One actually does their live recording every Tuesday night just before our show. They're kind of a, a Trek news magazine show. It comes out as a as a produced thing on Friday. Uh, the Trek Files, of course, comes back next week, as we talked about. Dr. Trek doing a deep dive. Excuse me. Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek, doing a deep dive into some of the files at the, uh, at, the at the Roddenberry Caverns and sort of laying them out in historical fashion. And then uh, Daily Star Trek News. It's daily news about Star Trek. Daily. Monday through Friday, Allison Pitt uh, brings you uh, interesting slash important stories because some days they're not all important and sometimes the important stories aren't that interesting, but you still need to know. The point is it's there every morning. Just listen, won't you please? Daily Star Trek News. And, of course, Shabam, which I was listening to earlier today, John. Yeah. Uh, Unsettling. Oh, okay. It's uh, an unsettling show. I'm getting to the part where the zombie thing is really taken over now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm learning a lot as I go. It's uh, it's science through storytelling. And well, Ken, it's so, going to it's going to be okay. It's just a podcast, and we've learned anything tonight. <laughs> Podcasts cannot be trusted. That's absolutely true, oh, and yeah. and I'm I'm spreading that word far and wide. <laughs> so anyway, uh, podcast.roddenberry.com. And if I missed anybody, because there are lots of shows on the network, if I missed anybody, I apologize. But podcast.roddenberry.com to check it all out. As it comes out, and I found out recently, John, there's an RSS feed. So if you if you have an RSS reader that you trust, just subscribe, and every single show on the network will be delivered straight to you. That's, that's amazing! It's incredible how technology works. It's it's like the 1990s, the late yeah. 19 or you know future. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, since we haven't really hit it tonight, and it, it is something that has been on the mind of uh, one or two Star Trek fans, uh, Mike, I, I don't know if you pay attention to sort of the production background of Star Trek. So yeah. we talked about conspiracies in Star Trek. We talked about conspiracies about Star Trek, kind of classic period uh, with with Gene and the original series. Uh, there are now current conspiracies. And w- one of the ones that I find most entertaining uh, has to do with how uh, Alex Kurtzman got fired multiple times <laughs> from being kind of the head of production on all the new Star Trek series. But. Uh, part of the agreement with him being fired is he had to stick around and actually do the work of being the producer on Star Trek, (laughs) public appearances and all this stuff, uh, because apparently that's how getting fired works. And the the thing that I find, first of all, it's just silly. uh, But the the thing that I found so interesting about it is that it, it speaks to something about getting deeper and deeper into conspiracy theories that very often the conspiracies um, mutually exclude each other. So I read something somewhere that uh, uh, for people who believed that uh, Princess Diana faked her own death, uh, it was more likely that out of that group, they would believe that Princess Diana was killed by a conspiracy uh, plotted out by the royal family or, or whomever. So th- those are clearly two ideas that contradict each other. You, yes. you have faked your own death and you have been killed by a conspiracy. And yet they somehow coexist. Right. Um, and, and here we are in something that is very benign, like, TV entertainment. <laughs> and yet uh, this idea that you can have somebody who is simultaneously fired yet working because they are fired. Um, is it just sort of a, a gap in logic or is it, is it sort of the excitement of following each new conspiratorial thread that would allow somebody to, to maintain these mutually exclusive ideas? Yeah, I think it's both of those. I I also think, and I've, I've seen a little bit of this. I, I hadn't heard the Kurtzman was fired, but is also still working. Um, <laughs> not being fired, that would just be working. But I think with something like Star Trek, people take it so personally, and they have such ownership of it. And I know that there are a lot of people who don't really like what Kurtzman is doing. And I, I, I happen to like it. I really like Discovery. 
but there are a lot of people who don't. And I think that if you have this, this, this version of this thing that you love, but you don't love it, it's really hard to accept that, hey, maybe TV doesn't get made the way it used to. Maybe this, these stories aren't told the way the stories I like are told. I don't, I don't like this show. I don't like the, the, you know, the time period of the acting or whatever. And it's, it's a lot easier to sort of concoct this big corporate plan to make it popular, but also make it fail and, and all of these other things than to just admit that maybe Star Trek is not your thing anymore. And I think, I think people come up with these insanely elaborate schemes. People do the same thing for the new Star Wars. They come up with all of these bizarre, contradictory explanations, and maybe they just don't like it as much as they used to like it. And it's really hard to admit that. It's really, it's really hard to say to yourself, hey, I love Star Trek, but maybe I don't love it so much anymore. It's got to be these other people who ruined it. <laughs> um, since we're up against the clock here, and there are a, a couple of important ideas that I want you to be able to, to wrap up for us sure. tonight. Um, so uh, first of all, I want to ask you, what's the harm? Because we're talking about something here that is a relatively innocuous. Like, look, if you believe that Alex Kurtzman got fired but is still getting paid to do work because he's fired – that really has no bearing on Star Trek coming out on, you know, CBS All Access or, or whatever. It doesn't matter at the end of the right. day. Some conspiracy beliefs might matter, though. Is there some other harm that we're, we're not addressing? The, I mean, the, the Kurtzman thing is fine. Yeah. But the, the harm in, in starting to believe even smaller conspiracies is that if you believe one, you're susceptible to believe more. So maybe you, you believe that you saw a UFO and then you look for some videos about that. And then you see, oh, UFO Nazi bases in Antarctica. And that's, you know, oh, that's, I could, I could believe that too. And, and where the danger is, is radicalization. You start to believe more and more. And, and, and weirder and grander and darker conspiracies. And at that point, it, it, there is, there are, there are people in your life who will maybe try to intervene and you push those people away. Or if, at the very worst, it gets violent. You start harassing people. You make threats toward people. And, and I, I deal with that a lot. You know, I, I deal with a lot of people who send me a lot of really inflammatory stuff. And I would imagine that most of those people started with believing some harmless little thing, and then they just got deeper and deeper into it. Uh, and then I, I want to kind of wrap it up by asking, oh, uh, by the way, Stephen ha has a nice uh, addition to what you're saying here. So, you know, the erosion of fact-based reasoning yes. is, is something to be yes, concerned absolutely. about here. Uh, so, uh, Stephen, thank you for that contribution there. Very nice. Uh, and then, Mike, I'm going to ask you, uh, so since there is a problem to be addressed, what are our best tools for avoiding that trap of believing unsubstantiated uh, theories and uh, trying to direct ourselves to believing what is true and factual as opposed to what might be convenient or uh, uh, just sort of ha have uh, an emotional appeal. Sure. Uh, the, biggest, the, the biggest thing we can do is not be part of the problem. So don't retweet stuff without looking at it. Don't share stuff on Facebook without looking at it. If, if the story seems like it doesn't make sense, take two minutes and look into it. If it seems like a story that, that isn't in the news, it's probably not in the news. If it seems like something that's not capable for a human or that's outside the bounds of science, it probably is. So just, just think critically a little bit more. Take that extra step. If you've got somebody in your life who is a hardcore conspiracy theory believer, don't argue with them. Don't try to debunk it. Don't go toe to toe. They will always have something else that they'll pull out. Just um, be there for them. Let them know. And, and I got this from, from Brian Dunning. Let them know that they mean more to you than the conspiracy means to them. Just just be be a good person for them. Be a resource. Don't insult them. Don't call them crazy or stupid. Even if you think they are crazy or stupid, don't say that because it's just going to make them dig in deeper. And um, believe explanations that are simple. Don't don't assume that everything needs to be a conspiracy. Don't assume that there's 12D chess going on. Sometimes things just happen. Sometimes people do bad things or stupid things, and there's there's not always a reason. You know, Occam had a, Occam's got a good razor. 
So <laughs> use it a lot. Nice. I'm sorry. No sponsorship messages on this show, Mike. <laughs> hey, uh, really quickly, um, just just uh, just um, for people, because I, I personally really enjoyed this conversation and we are so up against the clock. We're actually past it at this point. But for people who want to uh, keep up with what you're doing, people who want to find out more, uh, what are the uh, two or three best places for them to check out? Um, I'm really active on Twitter. God knows why. Uh, Rothschild MD is my Twitter handle. Yes, that is Rothschild, like the banking family. No, I'm not related. Please, <laughs> please don't. I think that's please. just what you want us to think, but Come that's fine. Go right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'd be on my yacht. Um, I would never be associating with any of you people. Um, my website is <laughs> mymyyacht.com. I'm sorry. Uh, I think out in October. I, th- I think we lost the website. Do that again, please. Oh, uh, themikerothschild.com. Um, I will, I'm constantly pushing out stuff I've written. My book is coming out in October. You can pre-order it now. There's a link on my Twitter, uh, my Twitter profile. Um, yeah. Ask me stuff. Um, reach out. I'm, I, I think I'm cool. So, um, and I'll always be non-judgmental, except if you're really busy. <laughs> Mike, well, thank would... you so much. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for joining Bye. us. One. Want to let everybody know Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry, technical production on Mission Log Live by Earl Green. Uh, be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. If you'd like to help support Mission Log directly, that'd be fantastic. Patreon.com slash Mission Log is a place to do that. Thanks to everybody who joined us live or later, and we will talk to you next week. podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network